Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and very, very shortly, Susie Costin from Farm Sanctuary has the most amazing and impossible love story she'd like to tell us about. Then, after our halftime break, it's time for Marianne Dell's world-famous animal book reviews. It's been a while since we've heard from Marianne. In addition to reviewing books for us, she's a very busy dog trainer, so I'm really glad we'll be able to steal her away for a little bit later in the show. All this and more is just ahead here on the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show Farm Sanctuary's National Shelter Director, Susie Costin. Hi, Susie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. Hey, I was reading a little bit about you online, and I heard you share your home with a couple of roosters. Yeah, you can hear right now in the background, I'm sure. <laughs> and I do personally, yes. Oh, okay. Well, the the reason that that got my attention is uh, I grew up with a pet rooster, and, and oh, he, was, uh, he was my little buddy. He used to sit in my lap and preen my hair, and then he'd run around and look for worms and bring them over to me. And <laughs> That's what to, mine are like as well. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're amazing. I'd have to pretend to eat them or he'd be very upset, and then he'd go and he'd get another. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. So you're involved with Farm Sanctuary, and I got the cutest little email about a very impossible couple named Chico and Dorothy. Can you tell me about them? Well, they're amazing. Um, Dorothy actually was from one of the worst rescues um, I've ever seen. Uh, It was um, a case in Binghamton, New York, where someone called themselves a goat rescue, uh, but actually abandoned the goats, and 43 were dead and only three were alive. Oh, no. And it was, yeah, it was Dorothy, Kathy, and Aileen. And so we rescued them um, in a very thin and just in really bad shape and very scared. Did they um, just walk away because they ran out of money because of the economy? We, we don't. We've Actually, the woman turned out to be a hoarder, um, which is it's a, it's a mental illness. It's, um, yeah. There's a mental illness involved. And, and the main problem was that it, this wasn't the first time she'd done it, and she changed her name. And it was a very complicated story. Oh. But in the end, this was not the first time it had happened, and she had moved to the Binghamton area and changed her name, so no one knew um, that this was what this, you know, this was the case. And she probably didn't have enough money and took in way too many animals. So there were 40, you know, six of them, and 43 were were dead. And so it was um, really upsetting for them. Goats are very family oriented and mm-hmm. social, oh, so goodness. it was very traumatic. So when we brought them here, they were very scared of everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and they actually live with goats. But they're very, they were a little scared of some of our goats, so we moved them into the sheep barn. Oh, are sheep more welcoming? Very, very welcoming and very docile. They're, um, of all the animals on the farm, they're the less ter- least territorial um, and just very, they're very accepting of new animals into the flock. That's real interesting because I remember yeah. uh, when I was in high school, I used to, um, I used to take care of uh, some sheep that belonged to my friend every now and then when they'd go on vacation. Oh, great. And I used to get uh, chased down and, uh, and bedded in the rear. Yeah. Well, that, that's different. We don't have, the, you have to remember, we're sanctuary, so we don't breed, so we don't have a ram. We okay. only have neutered males. Okay. 
It's a huge difference, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, so the neutered males are very docile. <laughs> and okay. I have, yeah, we, I know exactly what a ram is like, but we actually don't have a ram here. Okay. Yeah, so they were, they were welcomed in. Um, and Chico we actually rescued in 2006. So he came a year before Dorothy and Kathy and Aileen. And um, when he came, he came from a YMCA camp where children were taught about um, farm animals. And the girls that were there that rescued Chico had no idea that after the camp was over, he would be slaughtered. He was born there. Oh. Um, so when they found out he was going to be slaughtered because they got so attached to him, they actually, like, created a petition and had all these people sign it wow. to save him and have him come here. And um, so they did. They actually let him come here, um, which was wonderful. We weren't expecting it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came here as a baby, and he was brought up in a sheep flock. And, and the craziest thing happened, though, is when we moved Dorothy and Kathy and Aileen into the sheep flock, Chico has friends in the sheep flock, but it was like he immediately attached himself to Dorothy and, and vice versa, and it's hysterical because all they have to do is like kind of catch each other's eye, uh-huh. and they run to each other, and then Aww. they start grooming each other. So we don't know why it happened um, because she's definitely a goat and he's definitely a sheep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we've never had it happen before, but it was it was an amazing little it was a great match, and we have they, they spend tons of time together. Uh, I wish we had pictures of them sleeping together, and I, I never have a camera when I'm out of there. Of course. Uh, but they actually cross their heads over each other and everything. They're very oh, sweet together. Wow! Now, yeah, so do you yeah, try it's an amazing to place these guys in the homes, or or once they're with you, do they stay with you for the rest? It of It depends their life? on the animal. Um, we we placed last year. We placed three hundred um, and probably 350 animals um so we place when we do a big rescue especially but a lot of the animals like uh, because dorothy was so traumatized and at first was so scared of people we didn't immediately put her in a home mm-hmm. um and we wanted to keep her in a flock um with flock animals and herd animals they feel safer in a group mm-hmm. like they don't they're not necessarily comfortable with people if people are the reason that they are so traumatized yeah. So once we get them in a flock and they're established, if then we have a home, you know, open up that, you know, wants, like, you know, that goat and whoever she's companions with, we would never place her now without Chico. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering about that. That was oh, my yeah, we're next question. very question. careful about placement. <laughs> um, placement from the chickens on up is placement with who they're the closest to. Okay. Yeah. So, so a lot of times they have a little buddy, they have to go with their little yeah, buddy. Yeah, they always have to go with their companions. They, they, they are very traumatized when they're separated. So, yeah. yeah, we're very careful with that. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. Now, you're in New York, but do you work across the country? How does the farm sanctuary operate? Well, we have two We have two shelters. We have a West Coast shelter that's outside of Chico. It's in Orland, California. Okay. And it's 300 acres, and it's... it's big brilliant place it's really beautiful and um so any of our animals basically from colorado over if we do a rescue they would go to the california shelter okay and then from texas over basically comes to the new york shelter right. yeah so it depends on like where we do a rescue but we like last year well two years no i think it was last year we went to iowa during the flooding Mm -hmm. and we rescued 80 pigs so we do we go places um when there's natural disasters and try to get farm animals out and instead of returning them to the farmer, obviously, we, we bring them here. And of those pigs, we placed all but 10, and we, and we kept the 10 here. And those 10 actually then are part of our tours and part of our farm, so they represent, um, you know, what happens in the industry. Like, we, we kept some gestation sales here. So they're, they're helping to us to educate people, and people connect to them. So, okay. yeah, they, they really they represent all the animals that don't, you know, make it out of these places. Farm animals, a lot of people just don't realize that, that they have little personalities or yeah. sentient <laughs> beings or 
they're affectionate, they're playful, I, I, they're just, they're wonderful animals, and, and I'm glad you have the opportunity to, to have tours and show people that. Yeah, the people that come on our tours actually get to interact with the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to go in with them, so they get to see them, first of all, they get to see them in their environment with their flock and their herd and their, and their you know, different element, in their own element, where they're very, very comfortable and the ones that are super friendly always run up to people, and the ones that are scared get to stay in their own space. Mm-hmm. So it works out really, really well. Okay. And how do you know that somebody's really coming in to adopt one of these animals to be a companion and, and not dinner? Oh, we have a very strict adoption policy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's almost as hard as adopting a child, I think, because we, we really research the home. Um, they have to give us. And we also go to the home, first of all. So mm-hmm. no animal is put in a home that we've never been to the home. We actually take the animal to the home. Um, we have had situations where the, the person is, a, you know, they're considered a really good adoptive home, but we've gone there and it's not set up, like, right. So we give them advice and they, you know, fix up everything the way it's supposed to be and then the animal can go. But um, we also, from our farms, only adopt out to people that are vegan, vegetarian, um, when we have a big rescue, like um, this summer is a, a really good example. In May, we're trying to – there's a, a farm that's actually um, letting us adopt out spent layers from their facility. There's 60,000 layer hens. Mm-hmm. And, and so far we have homes for about 2,000. Um, wow. So those 2,000 will be able to live, which, I mean, it, it's, it's not perfect. There's not enough homes. But um, mm-hmm. of those 2,000, then, um, they will be going to homes. And not all of the homes are vegetarian, but they're all homes where they have – good vet references and they'll never be killed they're not going to be killed for food mm-hmm. i know that some people will possibly use the eggs in that case but it's that or you know they're going to pass away and that sure. would be very sad but we from our farms only adopt out to homes that are going to have the animals as companions definitely only now not everybody's going to have a lot of experience for example taking care of a goat or yes. a lamb do you have classes and teach people what's required and daily care how to take care of their uh, their feet and and everything else. Yes, uh, with all of our adopters, um, we definitely go through everything with them. A lot of times we have like emergency rescues where we have to kind of go through things with them. But we have tons of written material. We have care sheets for each species. We have incoming procedures for each species. We make sure that the people that we're adopting to have vets in their area that work with these species, okay. so they can if they if we can't actually go with. You know, we, and we actually do do it. When we take an animal to the place, we'll show them how to do the hooves and we'll show them all the basic care. But also all of our adopters have a vet that can take care of that specific animal. Okay. Um, and, and if somebody other, yeah. has a problem, let's say, you know, it's a Saturday morning and, and they're baffled by something, <laughs> is there a helpline they can call? Yeah, they call us all the time. Um, I get called at home. Uh, my, <laughs> my, phone, uh, my phone, my cell phone number is actually listed so we have, anytime somebody, especially our doctors, all know how to get a hold of us. Okay. Um, if they have an emergency, they call. Um, the other thing is we have a care conference once a year in September. Hmm. And that, most of the people that come there are interested in starting a sanctuary. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's a really important conference for us. Um, so a lot of the people that come are not only interested in starting a sanctuary, but it gives them the basic hands-on maintenance care, like hoof trimming, tusk trimming, um, it, it goes over what structures are necessary for each barn, um, you know, how to have what kind of pen space you need, everything from, like, the grass they eat on up. So it goes over nutrition, basic care, housing. Um, oh, and it, it, it's a pretty interesting conference. It's for two days. And is all this information listed on your website? Yes, it and is. What is your website? 
It's www.farmsanctuary.org. Oh, that's easy enough. (laughs) (laughs) We try to make it easy. (laughs) Okay, Susie, it's been so fun talking with you today, and I wish you continued success with the Farm Sanctuary. Thank you so much. We need to take a quick station break now, but don't go away. We'll be back with Marianne Dell and her animal book reviews in just a moment. So stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on Retro 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. Marianne Dell is with us now, and she has been rounding up and reading a new batch of animal books and has selected a few to tell us about now. Hi, Marianne. How are you? Good, Marie. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so glad you're able to talk with us today. It's been a long time. It has been a while, but we've got some good books, as always, for our listeners. Oh, that's great. Well, let's get started with Cowboy and Wills. Yeah, this is a marvelous book. It's by Monica Holloway, and it's an adult book. Okay. But it's it, it's got so many levels to it. It's the story of her her child, Will Price's uh, diagnosis of what's known as autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. And it's I've shared this with a friend of mine who has a child with another form of autism, Asperger's. And she just loved the story, thought it really spoke to a lot of what parents of children with autism go through. And what is special about Will's story is that he is, like a lot of kids with um, some form of autism, he sees the world differently and deals with it differently. And he has a lot of trouble relating to his parents, his school teachers, his schoolmates. And then his family gets a dog. They get a golden retriever puppy who Wills decides he wants to name Cowboy Carol Lawrence. (laughs) That is a big name. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And Cowboy, despite the fact that she's a girl, he wants to name her Cowboy, and so his parents say that's just fine, takes him from the world of being a scared, stressed-out little boy who really can't cope with much of anything into a confident youngster who starts coming out of his shell and participates in school projects with his classmates, whereas in the past he would just sit on the sidelines and cry because he was so overwhelmed by the whole experience. She doesn't completely solve his world problems for him, but she really, really helps him make progress, and it's startling. Wow. You know, I know there's been a lot of research about how pets are helping children with autism now, and there's a lot of resistance to that still. Some of the more classic treatments or treatment centers, rather, but more and more people, I think, are realizing, people who are in this field, that animals just have a huge impact on these kids. They really do, and all of the work we do, in even in our animal-assisted uh, activities group, uh, groups where we take the dogs in just to meet with kids, I take my dog Jitterbug to read at a school for kids with dyslexia, mm-hmm. and they love having the dogs come in there and read to them, and these are highly intelligent kids. They have some struggles with words because of the way their brain interprets things. Mm -hmm. And being able to sit there and read to the dogs who let them pet them or do tricks for them (laughs) or just, you know, just are there and are not judging, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you're right, there's more and more research being done 
to show that this has some real positive outcomes. It's just very powerful and very magical all at the same it, time. It truly is. <laughs> and I think I think we'll find as time goes on that there's actually some science behind it too. Yeah. That, you know, we look at the things that they we've proved already that animals can do lowering blood pressure, helping stroke and heart attack victims recover quicker, alleviating depression. This all goes into the whole spectrum of things of what goes on with our brain and how our brains work. Mm-hmm. And it, people are using some of this, are using dogs as assistance animals for kids with some of these issues too, and having good response to you know getting good response from the kids. That's just wonderful. I just love hearing about things like that, and I, I, I'm really excited about this story. I think I'm going to read it too. <laughs> it's a great book. It really is. It's worth a read, even if people aren't specifically involved with uh, knowing someone who has autism or if you're not in the healthcare field, it's still just a wonderful story and animal lovers will truly enjoy it. It sounds like it. So let's talk about now all cats have Asperger's syndrome. Well, I told you that I gave Cowboy and Wills to a friend of mine to read, and she turned around and gave me this book, which she had gotten, and she said it helped her so much in helping to explain to her son's teachers what her son was going through. Mm-hmm. And her son's in public school, and that can be somewhat difficult, as as uh, Will's mother finds out in getting him into a school, with, with kids with these issues, because, you know, schools are set up to deal with the most common denominator. Right. And kids with special needs, which no longer means what it used to mean back in the days when you and I were in school, it's a much broader spectrum now, and teachers are having to deal with kids with things that they really haven't been taught about or had any training in. And the author of this book, Kathy Hoopman, uses pictures of cats and kittens and really easy-to-understand words to explain how kids with Asperger's syndrome, which is another form of autism, see the world. Mm-hmm. And it can make kids, you know, really smart at one thing and seem really weird in another, like the very next moment. they hmm. Their senses don't work the same way as ours. Sounds and colors and textures are more intense. If anyone has read Temple Grandin's book, Animals in Translation, Grandin is an autistic. She has a Ph.D. She works in the feed animal industry, helping to make um, everything from slaughterhouses to housing for feed animals more humane to them, and she has a real knack with this because she sees the world differently than people do. She's a pretty amazing person. She really is, and she notices things much more in sync with the way animals do and is able to make adjustments to the infrastructure that surrounds the animals to make things easier for them and make them less stressed. And so would you say this is a good book for teachers as well as classmates? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if if a parent knows um, this could be a good, good book to, to share with a child who has Asperger's, just to help them see that they're not weird. They're not, they're, they just see the world a little differently, and there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And for teachers, absolutely. My friend said her kids' teachers just were so appreciative of getting this book and said it in, in such a simple way, and you can read it in 15 minutes, if that, uh, helped them to understand what her son was going through. And anybody, siblings, classmates, friends, 
grandparents, aunts, uncles of someone who has this, I think it would be tremendously helpful. Wow, sounds like a wonderful book. Yes. I know you have a couple more books, and I think we have time to get them both in, but let's start with your favorite. Okay, well, I just wanted to mention one other thing, too, real quick. The same author, Kathy Hootman, also wrote, All Dogs Have ADHD, (laughs) which explains attention deficit hyperactivity disorder using dogs. Yeah, well, I think it's true, though. All dogs do have ADHD. A lot of them do, that's for sure. Okay, well, on to the next book. This is one of my absolute favorite novels. It's called The Art of Racing in the Rain. It's another one for adults. Um... Older kids, teenagers would probably like this book. The author is Garth Stein. It's told from the mouth of Enzo, who is the main character, Denny's dog. And Enzo is near the end of his life. Enzo has always wanted to be a person. And he watched a show on TV, which he refers to several times, that talks about how when dogs are done living their lives as dogs, they come back as people. And he's counting on that. And the book is just... The author speaks with a dog's voice amazingly well, Mm -hmm. and you just feel when you're reading this or listening to it on CD, which I just finished doing, that you're listening to a dog speak. It doesn't sound like a person making up cute little dog language. It sounds exactly as I could imagine my own dog thinking about the world. Wow. And Enzo adores Denny. He adores Denny's wife and their daughter, um, and they have... A lovely life together, and then, of course, as happens with many stories, some tragedies strike, and the bulk of the book talks about uh, some pretty heavy things that Denny has to go through, and Enzo goes through with him. And it's all told using the analogy of someone who races cars. Denny is a car driver. He does professional racing, and he talks a lot about the lessons of what you learn. One of my favorites is that which we manifest is before us. If, if you look at the track and understand what's there and know how you're going to conquer it, you will win the race, and it's a good analogy for life. Absolutely. That really is. Yes, and the book has quite a few of those in it. It's just it's a wonderful, wonderful read or and listen. The Art of Racing in the Rain. Yes. Okay. And let's squeeze in Newfound Friends. This is just cute. Rachel Hale is a photographer whose works have probably been seen by a lot of people on greeting cards and stationery and calendars. She has Newfoundlands, those big furry dogs that come from the Canadian province of Newfoundland. And she, her photographs use those dogs, and sometimes it's just the dogs, but a lot of times she pairs them with other cute little animals, puts hats on them, <laughs> or one of my favorites is a Newfie wearing an aviator scarf and old-fashioned goggles. And she pairs the pictures with poems and little stories and little writings about her dogs. It's just really, really cute. Anyone who has a Newfoundland would love it. Uh, It's a cute little gift book, and it's just a cute little book about how our dogs teach us many, many things as we spend our lives with them. Wow. How do you come across all these books? Do you do a lot of research? Um, I find them in stores. Mm -hmm. I used to get a lot of books sent to me when I worked at the register. I go online and uh, look on Amazon and Dogwise, which is a dog-related publishing site. And just sometimes people tell me about things, and, you know, they just seem to fall into my lap sometimes. <laughs> like all cats have Asperger's That's syndrome. That's right, exactly. Wow. 
So, but you're still doing your column at the register, yes, and when I does am. that come out? It runs every other week on Mondays. Okay. It just ran this Monday, and so there'll be another one in two weeks. Excellent, and you're doing dog training as well? Yes, indeed. We teach many, many classes and uh, down here in Orange County and have a lot of fun doing it. If somebody had a need for a dog trainer, are you able to take more clients? I absolutely am. How could somebody get a hold of you if they needed to? They could contact me via email is probably the best way, and that's Griffy Dog, G-R-I-F-F, like Frank, E-Y-D-O-G, at Verizon.net. Griffin was my old curmudgeon boy of a dog who's the one who turned me into a dog trainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Marianne. I wanted to give you a few plugs before well, I let thanks, you go. Well, thanks, Marie. We always appreciate those. <laughs> It's time for our final break of the morning, but we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events on Retro Till 60, so don't go away. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Because many of you are interested in animals, the Pasadena Humane Society wants you to know about two wonderful workshops. Dr. Nicholas Dodman, one of the world's most celebrated veterinarians, is presenting the Well-Adjusted Cat and Dog Workshops March 26th through the 28th at the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. Early bird registration has been extended for the feline behavior workshop, but hurry because space is limited. Register by March 17th to receive the early bird price of $99 for the feline workshop and $249 for the two-day canine workshop. Dog and cat owners and those who work with animals will benefit from the information that Dr. Dodman will present. A selection of books available for purchase will be available, and Dr. Dodman will be signing these books at the event. For more information and to sign up, please visit www.thepetdocs.com. And don't forget to check out the Pet Place website at petplace.org to find out more Pet Place news. And once there, click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or new to your pets, and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.